Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. That anointing belongs to believers and to Christians. It belongs to people who pray. Uh, there is an anointing there. And if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've called upon the Lord in your life, I know you have a great testimony somewhere in your life about how God worked in your life and just opened up a door, opened up something supernatural for you. Uh, I've seen it as a pastor and many of the uh, people that go to this church. Uh, because we live on the Gulf Coast of Texas. And uh, from time to time, there, there may be storms that try to come. Now, I'm not confessing that in here. I'm just saying we'll never have another one of those in Jesus' name in our lifetime. That's what I keep praying over. But uh, from time to time, we've gone against those things before. And they cause a lot of uh, calamity. These hurricanes can come through and tornadoes. And, and our heart goes out to people that ever experience something like that uh, because we've seen it a lot. But, you know, instead of just throwing up our hands and quitting, uh, we just rise up in Jesus' name and say, well, God, your, your promise says that if, that if we have these kind of attacks that come against our lives, that if we will follow you, if we'll call upon you, that you will restore back and you will multiply it back into our life. And so I like to say the devil just can't win against a Christian because even if you go through an attack, just hang in there faithful and don't get off of your faith. Just keep striving to do the very best you can. Uh, serve the Lord. Refuse to bail out uh, on God. And it's amazing how things will suddenly begin to turn around. There may be a time of trying. There may be there's something that's trying your faith, trying to break you out of your faith and get you to not uh, serve and follow and believe in Jesus Christ. But if you will refuse, listen, you need to have, you need to have uh, uh, the Lord in you. That experience you have with God needs to be so strong that hell couldn't beat it out of you with a baseball bat, Amen. much less some little unseen bug. The name of Jesus is above every name that is named. You know, Corona means crown. It's a Latin word. It means crown. Uh, but the Bible says that our God has all of the crowns and we crown Jesus Lord of our lives. And as we stay faithful to God through difficult times that come into the world, you say, well, why do they come into the world? It's, it's real simple. Go to the very first book in the Bible and you'll see it. There's a devil who comes and tries to deceive. And because of that, uh, there is a curse that operated in the earth because sin had come in. It starts in the Garden of Eden and it keeps going. And we still live on planet Earth. If you're so spiritual that your feet don't touch the ground, why don't you go on to heaven? We need people that can actually work in this day for the Lord. Because you have an adversary. There is a spiritual opponent. And, and that's who comes to kill, steal, and to destroy, Jesus said uh, in John 10. But he also said, but I've come to give you a life of victory. It's called Zoe, the life of God, the victorious life, not the life that is just terminal, but a life that is eternal. Uh, he said, I've come to give you life through Jesus Christ, a victorious life, the life that overcomes uh, the sting of death, the life that overcomes the sicknesses that try to show up in your life. Uh, thank God you have several things working for you. First of all, 
You have the mind of Christ. How many of you are glad you have a good mind? Amen. Give me two amens right there. Amen. You've got a good mind, so God gives you wisdom. And you should use wisdom. When you become a Christian, you're not supposed to turn dumb. When you become a Christian, you're supposed to get a little bit smarter. Just get a little bit brighter than your adversary, the devil, the Bible says. So you have the wisdom that comes from God. Secondly, you have a boldness and a confidence that you can say what God says. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, the scripture is very powerful. God says, and you put these two verses together, God says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then the next sentence says, so that you may boldly say, God is my helper. God's the one who is with me. I will not, uh, he said, you don't have to fear. Everybody shout, fear, get out of here. Listen, you need to say with your mouth because God is with you. You do not, we're talking about how to get restored here uh, because we have been just totally inundated with a message of fear. So you use wisdom against fear and that's one of the great ways to first overcome it. But secondly, uh, the scripture says, use the word of God. So we do not live in fear. I think of all of the kids today. I was talking just with a little child the other day and they were talking about just a little small child, about five or six years old. And they were talking about the coronavirus problem and they were traumatized. I went, oh my goodness. If they do not get the message of the healing and delivering the protecting power of Jesus Christ into their life, they will have been literally traumatized and Im- impacted in their emotions all of their life. And a spirit of fear will try to come upon them. Listen, fear can try to attack you, but we boldly say, God is with me. Hallelujah. He said, so you may boldly say. It's, it's not the day for timid Christianity. This is not the day for mealy mouth doctrines and just psychological sermons. Look, I've got the degrees. I can give you all of that if you really thought you needed it, but it wouldn't help you. Not, uh, listen, your adversary, the devil, doesn't flee from some type of, of attack that just comes uh, because you and I speak a nice flowery message. No, no, no. The Bible says he flees at the mention of the name of Jesus. When you begin to speak, there's some emotional and some mental things that that might be good for you, but you want your adversary to turn and run. And when that begins to happen, you begin to see the supernatural restoring ability of God in your life. In Joel chapter two this morning, Joel chapter two, Everybody just shout this with me. Say, I will boldly say. Come on, say it again. I will boldly say. God, let that word get in our spirit today. I will boldly say. Listen to this in the scriptures. Now, I've only got a few minutes, so I'm going to ask you to pay attention. Uh, Those of you that are at home, maybe get your Bible out or you can read it on the screen with me if you'd like. Joel chapter 2 says, In verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion. I'm just going to say you children of Texas. Can I just say that? That's the way I'm going to preach it right now. And rejoice in the Lord your God. And rejoice in the Lord your God. Rejoice in the Lord. You say, I don't have anything to to rejoice about, preacher. Oh, yes, you do. God is still alive and he's working on your behalf. 
So we're not rejoicing in the circumstances and the current events that are going on around us. We're rejoicing in the God who's bigger than those things and will bring you through them victorious. Yeah. The scripture says, so rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat. Don't you love this verse? And the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And that was their harvest. That was their business. Uh, that was their production. They've been going through very difficult things. And then God begins to say, now uh, begin at this time to rejoice in God. And watch what God begins to do in your life. Now look, if you would, please, in verse 25. And I will restore, God says, I will restore to you the years that the locust, uh, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among uh, you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Wow. You know, God knows how to destroy that spirit of dissatisfaction. And one of the ways he does it in the Bible, there's about six or seven of them in the scriptures, but one of them is right here. He will destroy that apathetic, dissatisfied, never, uh, never uh, able to really enjoy anything. He'll destroy dissatisfaction with abundance, Hallelujah. with God's uh, abundance, with restoration power. He's always done that. He always has, and he always will. That's one of the ways he does that. And the scripture says, and you will eat in plenty and be satisfied. One translation says, and you'll be full and filled up. You know how you feel on Thanksgiving when you've had that big Thanksgiving turkey? And all of that food is so good, and you've just been, uh, and you're just so filled up and you've got the dressing and you've had the cranberry and you had the, the sweet yams. I know I'm not supposed to talk about food when I preach because too many people just zone out immediately. And then you just go in and you lay down on the couch after the dishes are washed. Make sure, sir, you help her do the dishes. And after the dishes are washed, then you just go in there and you just lay down and you're just like, oh, that's exactly what that word means. It says God will begin to bless your life and you'll have one of those ah moments. Like, God, thank you for being so good to me. You say, well, I don't see a lot of that right now. Start seeing it. Amen. Start seeing it right now. Open your, open your spiritual eyes. Begin to follow the Lord with this. Uh, things don't happen uh, ultimately or completely overnight, but they begin right now. Amen. Things begin to change. Uh, when we begin to act on the word of God, he says, and you will eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God, who hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Is that what your Bible says? If you love Jesus, the Bible says that hell will not be able to put you down so bad that it literally just, uh, uh, shames your whole life. He's talking about every attack that tries to come against you. God says in the midst of all of the destruction that wastes at noonday, Psalms 91 says, it's very important to hear this. Uh, he said in the midst of that, my people will never be ashamed. Yeah. 
In the book of Isaiah, chapter 61 and verse 7, there's, there's an anointing for restoration that says, in the middle of the problem, an anointing will come upon you as you serve the Lord and stay faithful through that. You're going to be faithful to God, faithful to pray, faithful to fellowship with other believers. We're in this world, but we do not alienate ourselves because of the desire just for acceptance uh, in this world or society. We refuse to let our lives get addicted uh, to things that literally are not good spiritually, physically, or mentally in our lives. Uh, we renew ourselves to the ways of the Word of God. Christians are in the world, but not of the world. And God says in Isaiah 61, 7, if you will follow after me in that difficult time, he said, and I will restore unto you the double. Amen. He said, for your shame, for that attack that came against your life, where hell was doing everything it could do to make you sick, to try to uh, steal all of your money, to hurt your marriage, uh, to cause you to lose that job. That's an attack that the scripture defines also as shame. Something that the enemy, and that's not God that's doing that to you. It's the enemy that tries to put you down to kill, steal, and destroy. But as you stay faithful to God, God says, I'm not just going to give it back to you. I'm going to bless you back double. He said, I will restore double. Restoration only happens if there's been a degree of destruction. Restoration happens because the enemy has tried to destroy something. There is a devil that's in the world I know a lot of people don't believe in the devil. That's why they have one. That's why that thing follows them around so much. That's why there's one that tries to operate. But if we will believe in the word of God and stand against, the Bible says, and I'll say it exactly like God says it, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Oh, hallelujah. Now you can resist in more than one way, but we do not give in to the force of darkness. Uh, we do not give in to the force of sin and unrighteousness. We do not give in to the force of sickness that tries to come against our bodies. We don't give in to the force of death. No, no, no. We fight against death on every battlefront we possibly can. You have the life of God in you. L-I-F-E, life. And God says, and for those areas where the enemy has tried to hurt your children, hurt your life, God says, stay faithful in that time. I'm going to restore to you. It's one of the anointings of the Holy Spirit. That's why we welcome the Holy Spirit. We don't resist Him. Oh, no, no, Holy Spirit. Fill our lives. Acts 1.8 says, you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when the Spirit of God fills you powerfully. Now we act on it. We begin to work with it. I love it when I hear the stories about people who even in difficult times, and I can't, I can't imagine anyone in, in the United States today and other countries that are viewing that have not been affected some way by this particular attack where the devil is trying to destroy our nation. 90 days ago, we were the strongest economy, arguably the strongest economy that's ever been recorded in world history. One of the most massive turnarounds because people begun to pray and seek God. That's how powerful you are. 
and it all turned around. And you can be sure the devil doesn't like it. And so he began to attack. And he thinks he's going to put his crown, his corona, over the church, over the Christians, over the body of Christ, over our blessed nation. But I tell you, the devil is a liar. He was defeated nearly 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead. And now the greater one, if Jesus lives in you, you have a latent ability on the inside of you, a power that when you call upon the name of the Lord, it activates the ministry of angels. When you in faith call upon the Lord, it activates the Holy Spirit. When you call upon the name of the Lord, one of you, the Bible says, can put a thousand uh, of the enemy to flight. Two of you can put 10,000 to flight. The Bible says, what if all of us in here begin to call upon the name of the Lord united together? Oh my goodness. That means God can heal your home. That means God can restore your business. I know it's tough. Look, I don't minimize problems. I can match stories with you. I've been through the problems. But I found out God never bailed out when I was in my problem. I just kept reaching for Him. I just kept reaching for Him. I kept reaching for Him. I kept reaching for Him. And the more I would reach out, one time in the Bible, there was a little uh, woman. Uh, the Bible calls her uh, the woman with the issue of blood. And she was 12 years suffering, bleeding. She lost all of her money. She lost her health. She lost all of her friends, her relationships in life. And she was getting nothing better. She's growing worse. And she was moving toward a premature death, an early death. God doesn't want you to die early. When it's time for you to die, God wants you to be full of days. And, and the Bible says, satisfied. Like he did Job in the Bible. Satisfied him with long life, the Bible says. Because Job wouldn't bail out on God. And that woman in the Bible, she reaches out and reaches out through the crowd. And people are bumping into Jesus, the Bible says. All around, she just keeps reaching. She reached out and she got a hold of the hem of his garment. Oh, what a word. In the bottom, in the border of the garment, the Bible says in the Old Testament, those who were known as teachers and priests, they had a blue ribbon that was woven through the hem of the garment. And it signified holiness and uprightness, purity and righteousness with God. It signified a desired and pursued relationship with God in their life. And the scripture says, as she went by, as he went by, she reached out in her weakened financially broke, emotionally strained situation. She reached out and just touched the hem of his garment, the Bible says. And when she did, what she had said in her heart, the book of Mark says, she said, if I could ever just touch it like that, I know I would be whole. She set the limit. She set the limit. She said, if I touch him, I'll be whole. Listen, she said, he's not going to get my coronavirus. I'm going to get his healing. He's not going to get my issue of blood. I'm going to get his healing. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. There's not an asterisk there that says, except coronavirus. No, no, you use wisdom in those things, but there are times when God will use you to heal the sick. 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. She reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And when she did, the Bible says she knew instantly in herself that that curse had been broken, that God had healed her. And the fountain, the draining of her blood, the Bible says, dried up. And she began to recover and restore. And Jesus said, lady, you got faith. He said, I'm not the one who reached out and touched you. You reached out and touched me because you acted on your faith. God's the God of restoration. I wish we had the rest of this woman's story written in the Bible. In reality, we don't even know her name for sure. Look, you don't have to be a movie star. You don't have to be someone that's got a lot. This woman didn't have any money at all. She just reached out. And by faith, she touched the garment of Jesus. And Jesus stopped the whole procession, the whole crowd. And he looked around and he said, who touched me? People were bumping into him all around. The disciples, Peter said something like, Lord, why are you asking who touched you? Look at all the people that are bumping around on you. And Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm not talking about people that are jostling around me for some type of a, a kingdom show. He said, I want to know the one that touched me by faith because I felt power go out of me, the Bible says. Ooh, your faith is powerful. Your faith is powerful when you have faith according to the Word of God. You reach out and Jesus, the Scripture says, just it just pours out of Him His healing power, His delivering, His restoring ability. It's wonderful. Mark chapter 3, one of the great stories of the Bible. And I have to close with this today, but I want you to listen to it. Don't forget what we're about to say. God's about to speak to your life. Look, if you're watching right now, why don't you just say something? Just give us a comment right there. Like it and share it. If you need prayer, you tell somebody about it right now. Someone is going to respond to you. There's faith that comes from hearing the Word of God. You're going to be in line for your miracle if you act on your faith. God's able. In Mark, the Bible says in Mark chapter 3 one day, Jesus' ministry hadn't been going on long at this time. And he decides to go to church on a Sunday or on the Sabbath. For you and me, it would be the Sunday. For them, it would have been on a Saturday in the scripture. And he goes to church that day. Watch this. Give me three minutes with this and see what it says. And there was a man at church that had a withered hand. Did you know by the law that man was not supposed to be there? By law, he was not supposed to be in that church like that. The scripture is emphatic. If he had a withered hand or other physical defects, he could only stay in the outer area. He could not go in to the teaching court. Oh my goodness. But this man must have known a lot of people. There must have been something good about him because they allowed him to be in there that day. Everyone, I'm sure, wanted to hear a little about this new Jesus fellow that had just begun to teach and minister. This is in Mark chapter 3. So probably there was a pretty good crowd there that day. And verse two says, and so uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others that were there, doctors of the law, who were not following the Lord, they were following a religious dogma of some kind. The Bible says, here the Son of God is in that room and there's two people there. There's righteousness personified, purity, health, 
a provision personified standing there and there's a man who is crippled, who's not supposed to be there by their law. And then there are those who are watching all around to see and so they could criticize and say, oh, Jesus, you ought not be doing that. Uh, uh, you ought not be in there here doing those kind of healing things. You ought not do that kind of stuff. Jesus Christ is the same today as he was then. He's still the healer. He's still the provider. He's still the restorer. Watch this as I close. Watch what he says. Somebody needs this. Listen to it. They watched whether he would heal on the Sabbath day so they might accuse him. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help us to get delivered from false opinions. The Word of God is true. And it is not just true, it is the truth. Jesus is the truth. You can, you can live your life just based on a bunch of facts that are concluded, but every fact that you know today is just one little element of information short of that fact changing. That's all it is. Uh, I, I've seen it many, many times. I remember when I was in the military, I was a court reporter and, and a legal clerk and I, I would work in the courts and, and I would or be reporting a, and I would be assuming as a court reporter. I'm just writing it all down and I had to record it all verbatim and all of those things when those court martials would take place. And I'm sitting there writing those things down and recording them. And I think that person is as guilty as they can be. Oh my goodness, they better change their plea right now. And that's what I'm thinking while I'm recording that. And then all of a sudden, one new little fact would be added by their defense counsel, would be added to the case, and the whole case of prosecution would blow up. I can tell you right now, that everything may look bad, it may not look like it's going the way it's supposed to, and it may look like it's not gonna get any better. Hold, hold the court, hold the court, hold the court. Jesus just stepped in the room. And when he does, it changes the whole situation. He's the one that says, you're healed. He's the one that says, he'll supply your need. He's the one that says, he forgives. When men call upon his name. Repentance is a powerful tool. It's not something that God has given you to put you down. It's how God can raise you up when you repent and turn from things. Don't listen to the lie of the devil. You humble yourself to God. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.